BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today here on VCY America, though not uh, a pleasant topic for us to discuss, but we need to be understanding of the times in which we live. Not too many years ago, society was told to be tolerant of the homosexual lifestyle. Just tolerate it. That's all. Just be tolerant. Let us exist. We won't speak against you. Don't speak against us. Well, that tolerance moved to acceptance, but acceptance was not enough. As ladders were added to the homosexual lifestyle to become LGBT, the movement uh, did not want to just be uh, tolerated. They wanted to be accepted. And not just to be accepted, but then to be celebrated. And so we have seen the LGBT pride movement uh, just go off the charts with pride promoted on every level. I mean, schools, preschools, universities, colleges, uh, public uh, television, children's programs, TV networks, government agencies, Hollywood stars, corporate America, all in celebrating so-called gay pride or LGBT pride or LGBTQ plus pride. Well, however, the celebration's no longer enough. Because now there's a demand for forced participation, even as the Senate looks at the forcing of states to recognize so-called same-sex marriages and other aberrant unions as well. And coming around the corner, there will be consequences. Consequences for those who dissent. Our guest today has called it the criminalization of Christianity. Joining us today, we welcome back Peter LaBarbera, founder and president of Americans for Truth. Peter, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for the opportunity, although it's usually bad news we're talking about. Well, indeed, Peter, because it is that which violates uh, the the very principles of Scripture, and our nation right now is being swallowed up, as we've seen in cultures in the past. We saw it happen with uh, the likes of Sodom and Gomorrah, but our our nation is being swallowed up by the LGBT agenda. Uh, We've got many stories that we're going to bring to the forefront, Peter, but... uh, uh, you know, first of all, let's talk about what's going on in the U.S. Senate. Just yesterday, again, the Senate uh, took their next vote to advance the very radical so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, Twelve Republicans joining in with the Democrats to do this. I'll quick read their names and get your comment on this legislation. We're talking about Susan Collins of Maine, Rob Portman of Ohio, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Virginia, John, Joni Ernst of Iowa, Cynthia Lummis of uh, Wyoming, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, and Todd Young of Indiana. These 12, Peter, joined with Democrats Monday to advance this legislation once again. Yes, Jim, and I think this is uh, an incredibly craven capitulation by these Republicans. We've come to expect the Democratic Party as the party of homosexuality, uh, abortion, gender confusion, and open borders. But the Republican Party, we thought, had a platform that was pro-family and ostensibly pro-God. And in fact, Republicans have won elections through the marriage issue, Jim, as you well know. We were talking about it back then, um, the Defense of Marriage Act, uh, which which was uh, George, uh, the second Bush uh, presidency, the son, George Bush, uh, ran on. And to see these Republicans cave in to a legislation which not only would, and it looks like it's going to pass now because we've got it's crossed a couple hurdles, uh, not only would it enshrine the double evil of homosexual so-called marriage, uh, and it's a double evil because it's not marriage, it's radically redefining, it's promoting homosexuality and redefining the, na- the sacred institution of marriage. But Jim, this bill, they, they tout the religious liberty provisions, but these are anemic and they will not protect Christians. And you will see Christians and people of faith and moralists, especially morally run businesses, 
uh, and institutions targeted after this passes. And friends, we're going to uh, give some uh, some illustrations of that uh, even a little bit later in the interview here, Peter. But uh, here is a statement that came out from Mitt Romney. He said, while I believe in traditional marriage, Obergefell is and has been the law of the land upon which LGBTQ individuals have relied, said Romney. Let me just interject. Uh, it is not the law of the land. Uh, as we saw, Roe v. Wade was not the law of the land. This was an opinion given by the court. Uh, He went on to say this legislation provides certainty to many LGBTQ Americans, and it signals that Congress and I esteem and love all of our fellow Americans equally. Yeah, Jim, I mean, this has become the new, uh, the equivalent of, I'm personally against abortion, uh, but I must respect uh, the the so-called right to choose. And it's not just Romney doing this. We see prominent evangelicals, which I guess we're going to talk about as well, saying the same thing. Well, I personally believe that in traditional marriage, I personally sort of agree with God on this. However, uh, I, I want to go out of our way, because this isn't even, uh, even if you didn't, even if you're not as strong in this issue as we are, Jim, the, the Supreme Court has already uh, contorted the law and done this. This is just a gratuitous slap uh, from Nancy Pelosi, she threw an interracial marriage as well in there, uh, just for the heck of it. And this is a gratuitous uh, legislation that is designed to advance uh, and throw a bone to the LGBTQ lobby. And it's not even a radical enough for that lobby, by the way, Jim. Uh, so it's incredible that Republicans like Romney and even more conservative Republicans like Todd Young and Joni Ernst, what a shocker in Iowa, supporting legislation which enshrines a God-rejecting, anti-moral, anti-biblical view of marriage. We'll get to the evangelicals in a moment, Peter, but I'm looking here at cnsnews.com where the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have abandoned polygamy uh, in the 1890s but announced November 15th it supports the pro-LGBTQ Respect for Marriage Act codifying gay marriage into federal law. The Mormon Church in a statement said, quote, we believe this approach is the way forward. Yes, and and uh, that's very sad. Now, of course, the Mormon Church is not biblically rooted as as it's not an Orthodox Christian. It's not regarded as a Christian church by by Christians uh, by uh, biblical Christians. However, the Mormon Church uh, spent millions upon millions of dollars for defense of marriage legislation. Then they started negotiating, or uh, I, I guess you could say, dialoguing with homosexual activists, Jim, and look where it's led them. And I think this is a lesson for anybody who adheres to a moral uh, Christian, or at least, you know, Judeo-Christian version of, of morality. When you start negotiating with evil, evil usually triumphs. Peter, uh, as we talk about uh, evangelicals, uh, there was a stunning article that came out yesterday in The Federalist. uh, When Christian leaders capitulate on marriage, innocent children suffer. Just want to share a few paragraphs from this, and I know you'll share some as well, but it says, One of the earliest signs that the community to defend biblical marriage was weakening came from Christianity Today CEO Timothy Dalrymple in 2012, seven years before he took the helm. He went on record arguing that it might be time to stop opposing same-sex marriage as a matter of law. Calling marriage an issue of secondary importance, he went on to say that that Christians need to ask themselves whether it is still wise to press for American law to recognize only heterosexual unions. He worried that continuing to insist on marriage as founded by God would harm our witness and suggested the church's credibility must be better spent on more important issues. Uh, He was suggesting believers should uh, capitulate on the issue of marriage three years before the Supreme Court discovered that uh, homosexual partners have a constitutional right to have the government's blessing on their affection. Um, th- now, it goes on to say that a key factor that Del Rimple said is that homosexual unions don't have clear victims as abortion does. Uh, many would beg to differ with that. He closed the essay by intimidating that he was still working out his views on whether it is worth continuing to argue for the biblical definition of marriage. By February of 2019, three months before he officially ascended to the top position at Christianity Today, there were signs that he had settled those views. It was then that Dalrymple traveled to Mexico to attend the wedding ceremony of a gay co-worker officiated by prominent LGBT-affirming pastor and author Jonathan Merritt. The pictures 
pictures posted on a public website are festive, even reverent, showing Dalrymple and his wife participating uh, in a candle-lighting processional and hitting the dance floor with abandon in honor of the two men. They said the only essential Christianity today has published regarding this bill, though, has now been in favor of it as a necessary concession in a pluralistic nation. Peter LaBarbera. Yeah, th- this is just embarrassingly uh, a terrible witness for himself. He talks about witness, Jim. Um, remember when Ronald Reagan was uh, opposing the Soviet Union, we talked about useful idiots. It became a phrase for people who ostensibly were conservative or not in favor of communism, but they allowed themselves to be used by the communists to advance that agenda. And what we're seeing now is useful idiots on this issue of LGBTQ+. And the plus stands for beyond their own self-identification as quote-unquote queer. And Jim, this is, this is nothing but useful, useful idiocy. The, the Bible, if we are to, to read the Bible in faith, we see our witness comes from agreeing with God, holding up a holy standard, which is winsome to people who are sinners who need Jesus Christ like we all do, and our witness, this is how I was pulled into becoming a Christian. I met a, a wonderful Christian believer, who, and when I met this person, I realized I, I need the Lord. I am not really a Christian, if this is what a Christian is. Now think of what his witness is. He's going and dancing at a party which is celebrating a so-called marriage based on what God calls an abomination. How is that a witness to sinners? This is actually quite the opposite. It is helping sinners to believe that their sin is okay. I mean, if the if the guy running Christianity Today, which ostensibly is a, a magazine that defends Christianity, Christian orthodoxy, if he's celebrating my homosexual so-called marriage, well, then it must be okay. It's the very opposite of what he said, and shame on Christianity Today for not even, not for even putting this guy in a position of authority. And Peter, they're going. I mean, there are other so-called evangelicals going down that same path. Yes, uh, in that same article, I did not know that David French, who's a prominent evangelical writer, very active on Twitter, very very prolific, he uses the argument, Jim, I can re- I'll read it directly from the article. He, he's basically using the argument that this, oh, you know, the gay, these gay marriages, so-called, they don't affect anybody, they don't affect us, so why, why do we care so much? He says, quote, this is David French, the writer, prominent evangelical, he says, quote, the gay couple down the street in no way makes our straight marriage more difficult or challenging. He says again in another paragraph, quote, in a diverse pluralistic republic, granting the same rights to others that we'd like to exercise ourselves should be the default posture of public advocacy and public policy, unquote. And I think this is an incredibly naive view, Jim. We know that children suffer directly from homosexual so-called marriages insofar as they are, well, in many ways, uh, in, in the home, you have a child, let's say there's a home, an adoption from a homosexual, uh, ostensibly married couple. Of course, it's not a true marriage in God's eyes. It's, it's a fake marriage under the under this Supreme Court code of Obergefell. But a child is brought into a home. It is motherless or fatherless by design because it's either two lesbians or two homosexual men who are adopting a child. No mom or no dad, but this is intentional. This is not through divorce or being a, you know, losing your, your spouse through a death. Um, then also you have homosexuality. You have a perverse role model. You have homoeroticism, homosexuality being modeled to the child by the most, most important adult in his or her life. Peter very Le- sad. Yes, it is very sad. Peter LaBarber is with us here today, and we're talking about the LGBT agenda swallowing up a nation. And uh, folks, we've got more to share after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where do secular scientists say the universe came from? You know, Chris, it sometimes tickles me when evolutionary scientists mock creation thinking for claiming that creation was ex nihilo or out of nothing. But then they turn around and talk about the Big Bang, when a single speck of matter exploded to form all the stars and galaxies and planets and people. But, you might ask, where did that speck come from? 
Some scientists now say it appeared out of nothing as a quantum fluctuation in a vacuum. In other words, matter appeared from nothing, and then it exploded. Which would you rather believe, evolution ex nihilo or creation ex nihilo? At least in creation, we have a God that is powerful enough to accomplish the job. And that's the Back to Genesis perspective. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Peter LaBarbera is with us today on the broadcast, and uh, certainly we're talking about the LGBT agenda swallowing up a nation as uh, we are witnessing right now what's taking place in the United States Senate uh, as it relates to the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And, uh, Peter, uh, some have said, hey, we need a religious liberty, a, a protection amendment added to this. There's been some debate on one amendment that already came forth that's not going to do much. We know Senator Lee is trying to do something there. Uh, your comments on this uh, religious liberty protection uh, amendment. Yeah, Jim, and I think you're going to be probably both of us will be talking about this for years to come if this passes. Senator Lee, now, of course, this is just an amendment, so you're granting the whole provision of homosexual so-called marriage. That's the most important thing. You're enshrining the the falsity, the the abomination of homosexual so-called marriage in the law. But Lee is trying to protect religious liberty. He says uh, his talking points are, number one, he says this, these, these so-called religious liberty protections are, quote, severely anemic and largely illusory. He says they're, quote, woefully insufficient, unquote. He says, quote, religious Americans will be subject to potentially ruinous litigation through this, through this bill because they will still be subjected to actions, for example, civil lawsuits. And he says, fourth, the tax-exempt status of certain charitable organizations, educational institutions, and nonprofits will be threatened, unquote. Um, And on that latter point, Jim, um, uh, this is a Family Research Council put out a paper, and he says the the so-called religious protection amendment that has been offered to this awful bill, which is called the Respect for Marriage Act, but of course it's really the Disrespect for Marriage Act, FRC says in its paper on its website, FRC.org, says, quote, it would embolden and supercharge litigious harassment through a sweeping new right of private action. And so far from, from protecting Christians from the, the, the big, big uh, LGBTQ legal you know, harassment, this legislation is only going to encourage them, and now they'll have federal law behind their actions. We can picture all sorts of things. Say you have a, a religious, sort of a religious-minded group. Maybe they're not explicitly Christian, but they're, they're following Christian morals, and they do not want to, uh, they do not, do not want to recognize a marriage. Uh, one of their staff gets married, so-called, to a person of the same sex. They don't want to recognize that. This will embolden litigation against these kind of organizations, not stop it. Indeed. And Peter, where this is heading again is is really, as you've used the term, the criminalization of Christianity. How long before they will be forcing of churches uh, to to participate in so-called same-sex marriages or for states to recognize if, if uh, polygamous marriages happen in one state, uh, that others will have to recognize this or some other form of aberrant so-called marriage as well? Right. And I think they put something about polygamy in in the amendment, Jim, but we know that doesn't really mean anything because, remember, if you look at the history of homosexual activism, it always advances through incrementalism. So now they say, oh, we're against polygamy. But the, remember the rally cry under Obama for same-sex so-called marriage, first the Windsor case won and then the Supreme Court, and then it was the Obergefell. What was the phrase? It was love is love. So, of course, you're, you've all, you're already seeing multiple partners so-called polyamorous unions, multiple partners, uh, they're going to rally under the love is love framework. And if it's just about whatever love means, it can mean anything, then why would we stop at that? Uh, Absolutely, we're going to see uh, the wall continuing to crumble, because once you get outside the safe boundaries of Judeo-Christian morality, which is biblical morality, as ordained by God in the Old and New Testament, you have a Pandora's box of evils that this is opening up. 
Indeed. And uh, again, friends, as we've said before, uh, we have gone from thus saith the Lord to yea, hath God said, and we want to question. And Peter, I'm just looking at some of the different headlines of issues coming up where, where religion is targeted. The Word of God is targeted. Here's from the Christian Post. A documentary filmmaker claims that the word translated as homosexual in the Bible is a mistake. Uh, and uh, we find that the new document uh, documentary claims that a mistranslation of the Bible is to blame for Christians believing that homosexuality, homosexuality is a sin. Uh, also, uh, here is another— Can I say something on that one, Jim? Yeah, go ahead. That's rooted in uh, in some so-called research by our, uh, a radical uh, LGBT activist named Kathy Baldock. It's been refuted by mainstream uh, Orthodox Christians who understand the Bible— you know, people like Robert Gagnon, I encourage people to go to his website, robgagnon.net, R-O-B-Gagnon.net. This is easily refuted by biblically faithful scholars, but they're, they're going to be picking away. And, of course, it's not the only place that, that, that throughout the Old and Near Testament, it is, it is the Old and New Testament, it is very clear that God supports sex within marriage between a man and a woman. That's what biblical morality is. And it's foolhardy to try to argue it's something else. We also have uh, the, the PJ Media, the transing of the Christ. Uh, uh, Joshua Heath, junior research fellow at Cambridge University in England, preached a sermon at an even song service this past Sunday. According to Fox News, Heath made the case that Jesus' body could be seen as a trans body. Uh, some of the details are so gross, I'm not even going to go into detail with that. Uh, but then also, Peter, uh, the view on ABC, uh, they, t- one of the comments from a host, Jesus would be the grand marshal of a homosexual pride parade. I mean, they're, they're seeking to cause religion to validate that which, you know, Scripture teaches against. They're, Jesus would be in favor of this. Jesus would, would, would you know, he'd be the grand right. marshal at, at this, this event. And to, to, to bring religion along in order to give validation to that which they know is an abomination to God. Absolutely. It's all about rationalization. And Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that quote from The View about Jesus leading a gay pride parade, how preposterous is that? Um, He would support that. But didn't that come because they were reacting to the shooting in Colorado, which we're going to talk about, which they blamed immediately on evangelical Christians? Um, And that wasn't, and it turns out that the guy who they've arrested for that identifies as non-binary. So you're absolutely right. This is all about stigmatizing. They've flipped it over. Rather than criticize the sin, which is homosexual behavior and gender rebellion, they're making the sin opposing these things. So they've flipped truth on its head. Good is evil, and evil is good, as it says in in, uh, Isaiah. This is what we're seeing right before our eyes, but now the media is such a powerful megaphone to to repeat these lies over and over mm-hmm. again until yep. people start believing them. Yeah, and they are repeating them over and over again. And so, Peter, let's talk about this Club Q shooting. Uh, it, you know, it is a tragedy uh, that this happened. Lives were lost. Uh, the media, though, was very quick to jump on board, blaming conservatives, conservative thought. A headline from the Washington Post said, Club Q shooting follows year of bomb threats, drag protest, anti-trans bills. Its subtitle was right-wing demonstration. demonstrators have increasingly mobilized over the past year against the LGBT community. Uh, news outlet after news outlet, Peter, blamed the radical extremist intolerant right. And when the truth came out, you said it, Peter, that it was one who identified as being non-binary, you know, the, the, the we-them pronouns that was being used. But even as current as yesterday... Even yesterday, this is, is, what are we, close to nine, ten days after the event had, had uh, taken place, this tragic event, uh, as this uh, current as yesterday, the Human Rights Campaign peddling all of these stories, all of these headlines, again, like from the Washington Post, even though that they know that since those headlines were given, that, that the person came out as being a non-binary individual, not the right-wing extremist that they were hoping it was going to be. Absolutely, Jim. And of course, now that story will slowly disappear. Well, I think it already has disappeared in the media because it, it wasn't the, the boogeyman that they, that they wanted it to be. This is the default position of the media, which is now part, it has been for many years now, part of the LGBT queer movement. And, you know, uh, it's strange how that logic, that mislogic doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, go the other way, Jim. Like when the, the man drove his truck 
through the Waukesha parade in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Christmas, the Christmas parade in Wisconsin. You didn't see a bunch of stories saying, wow, this is, he's been stoked by, by left wing. He, he's a product of the left. And it, it only applies to conservatives and especially Christians. And it's very sad. And, but, but we're so used to it now that I think people come to, have come to expect this from the media. And the media is, is continuing to fan those flames. I mean, it was article after article. And, um, Peter, here is one from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, um, November 22. They write, drag events have become a focus of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and protests recently as opponents, including politicians, have proposed banning children from them. And then listen to this, falsely claiming that they're used to groom children. Falsely mm-hmm. claiming that they're used to groom children. Now, uh, we're just going to get in an audio clip here from a drag queen who said that they are using their events to groom children. Let's listen in. I'm actually going to be one of the drag queens reading for Drag Queen Story Time. So apparently to a lot of people in this room, I'm the big boogeyman. And as you can see, I'm probably the most unintimidating person you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, I decided to do this event whenever it was introduced because I have nieces and nephews that I love very much and I am a person that has been through a lot in their lives. I've been bullied most of my life for being a gay male, being not necessarily what the typical man is. And I thought that this event could be something that shows people and shows children, especially at that age, that understanding that people are different than you doesn't necessarily make them unnormal or makes them not good and I think that what's truly sad is that once I was announced as the person reading the amount of hate that I received because of this resolution that is been presented to this board um, I was being called an it I've been called disgusting um, and I don't think any of these people know me well enough to say any of those things but I think that the true misunderstanding of what this event is supposed to be and what me dressing up in drag for it is going to be. I am not there to push any kind of agenda. I was told at the library council meeting last night that I'm pushing the trans agenda. I'm pushing an overly sexualized agenda. And that is furthest from the truth. I am just as talented as a singer or a dancer or anyone that has a special talent. It just mine is dressing up as a woman, entertaining a crowd. Now, everywhere you can go, you can see that people can change their views for certain audiences. Just as much as someone can be an actor and uh, be in an actor movie for a rated R movie and they can go around and be in a G-rated movie, I can go and entertain, entertain an adults in a club, but also entertain a group of students and young children. I'm able to do that because I'm an adult and I know how to filter myself. And I just think that it is implorable of some of the opinions that I've seen and some of the looks I received here tonight. The eyes that people give you whenever they think that you are the one that's in support of this event is truly disgusting. And I am not here to obviously change anyone's views about me. But I'm here to let you know that this event is something that's going to be very beautiful. And for the children and the people that support it are going to realize that this is going to be the grooming of the next generation. We are trying to groom the next generation to not see the way that they just did. And just because I said that, you heard the little plur people behind me. It's disgusting. We are trying to teach people to be tolerable, to be patient, to be loving. And the fact of the matter is that I'm standing right here and there's probably 50 people behind me looking at me with daggers, wishing that I would probably die in a car wreck. Okay, so he's talking about people being tolerant and loving as he disparages all the people behind him. But Peter, in his own words, we are here to groom the next generation. There you have it. There you have it. First of all, number one, drag shows are highly sexualized, and it's perverted, of course, because it's celebrating deviant sexuality. Um, number two, why would you want to to um, review that to a child? Let's pick up with this right after the break. Folks, sure. This is uh, you've got to hear what Peter's got to say here. But here are the, the newspaper saying, falsely claiming that they're used to groom children. Here's a drag queen individual, a drag queen who says, we are here to groom the next generation. No, it's not falsely claiming. That's coming from internal testimony. We'll be back in a minute. This is Crosstalk. Christmas has become ground zero in an ongoing culture war where nativity scenes are nixed. Merry Christmas becomes happy holidays. And even the word Christmas is considered by some as offensive. 
Addressing this ongoing battle is the book, The War on Christmas, edited by Bodie Hodge from Answers in Genesis. With full-color pictures and illustrations throughout, The War on Christmas provides answers concerning a host of issues and misconceptions surrounding Christmas. You'll learn where the name Christmas comes from. Is it a pagan holiday? What about replacing Christ with the letter X? You'll find chapters on the Christmas star, the virgin birth, the magi, why creation is important to Christmas, and so much more. This book also presents the gospel, which is often lost as this time is celebrated. The War on Christmas is available for a donation of $18 by calling VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. The LGBT agenda, swallowing up a nation. Our topic today, Peter LaBarber is our guest. And uh, friends, uh, as we introduced also, not only what's happening with the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, but the Club Q shooting and the vilification the vilification against Christianity that's been occurring. And then even as, and I just gave a quote from our hometown paper, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, that indicated uh, uh, in the November 22nd edition, uh, and I quote again, drag events have become a focus of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and protests recently as opponents, including politicians, have proposed banning children from them, falsely claiming they're used to groom children. Now, I just aired an audio clip of a man named Dylan Pontiff who testified at a public hearing that he is a drag queen and that he will dress and drag and he will be there to entertain children. He said that, they're, that they are grooming the next generation. Now, Peter, there are many who say, oh, this is just harmless fun, these drag shows. They're taking over farmers markets and children's libraries and and even in pulpits in 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 the, the, the churches that are not churches okay uh, in pulpits across the country in in various settings uh, and or brought them up to the front of church auditoriums and, or or parents that are uh, hiring a drag queen to come and entertain his uh, their son's birthday party uh, Peter uh, your comments uh, I know the break interrupted uh, your thoughts there so I'm going to have you pick up where you left off yeah, well, I just think this is amazing that he actually used the word grooming, and I'm sure a lot of leftists and LGBTQ activists would wish he hadn't said that, but it's absolutely what they're doing. And this is just another iteration of what they've been doing now for decades, Jim. I mean, this goes way back to the early 1990s with Heather Has Two Mommies and Daddy's Roommates, that the first uh, homosexual positive children's picture books. This is just another version of that, only it's gotten so much more blatant. Everybody knows who has any knowledge at all what these drag queen shows are, as they're very dirty, they're very gay, so-called, uh, it, it, they're very deviant, and um, having a, a drag queen story hour makes about as much sense as having a prostitute story hour for children. And it's just outrageous that they're that they that they're trying to make this out to be some kind of innocent thing just because they're just reading the book obviously the children uh, are start to wonder well you know oh this is what a drag queen yeah I'm, i i i like these drag queens i wonder what this is about and and it it puts that in their mind it's also similar to the the, the gay pride parades jim they do the same thing oh look at all these wonderful colors of the rainbow how how wonderful this is all imprinting in children's mind innocent children the, the normalization of deviant sexuality and deviant gender identities. That's what it's all about. That's what's happening here. Um, it is going on here, friends, and uh, and yet the proliferation of these drag queen events are taking place all over this nation. It's become the vogue thing to happen in communities and in religious settings, in elementary school settings, uh, preschoolers, uh, libraries, etc., uh, Peter, and Jim, uh, Jim, who and Jim, who brings who? Think about it. Who brings the kids to these events? A lot of them are uh, are in LGBT led households, which is just another argument. It takes us back to the Respect for Marriage Act. You know, um, these if you have a household that's founded on aberrant, uh, immoral uh, uh, perversion, which is homosexuality or even transgender confusion, you're, you're going to want to educate your children, bring up your children 
sort of in the behavior that you're modeling to them. And, and that's a lot of the people who come to this. You see, this is also progressive, so-called progressive parenting, which is not, uh, not, not that all progressives would do this to their kids. But, I mean, the ones who do, they are not honoring their children's innocence. They are harming their children by what they expose themselves to. And this is more and more the left is celebrating this. They, they once said, Jim, we don't want anything to do with the children. That's what gay activists said back in the 70s. Now look where they are. They're directly corrupting and, and, and polluting children's minds. You know, Peter, the, the morning after the shooting, and again, it, a, a tragic shooting, lives were lost. And, and uh, that is tragic. There are people who have entered eternity and uh, sadly, uh, likely into a Christless eternity. But Peter, on the morning after the shooting, uh, a media source pointed to Colorado Springs, you know, being the headquarters for various evangelical ministries. And then one that was named out was Focus on the Family. Well, it didn't take long before Focus on the Family then became the recipient of, of vandalism. Uh, I'm not hearing any media talk about that being a hate crime against Focus on the Family there, but uh, targeting evangelical ministries as a result of of a shooting that happened from somebody who declared themselves as being non-binary. Right, and we've seen that over and over again. My group, Americans for Truth, has been targeted. Um, we've had death threats. Uh, virtually anybody who's worked on this issue, I'm sure VCY America, uh, you guys have, must have been targeted, Jim. This is the MO, the modus operandi of the hard left. This is what they do, and we saw this with the, I mean, there was a, practically an assassination murder attempt at Family Research Council a number of years yeah, ago yeah. Uh, by a, a man who was going to shove Chick-fil-A's in their mouths. Remember that one? Yes. This has happened over and over again, but again, the media only seems to want to rush to blame the right whenever something happens on the left, whether it's real or fake, because remember, we also have a number, dozens and dozens and dozens of fake hate crimes, these staged incidents allegedly victimizing homosexuals, which which turned out to be hoaxes. Um, but when it's the other way, when focus on the family gets targeted, then it's uh, sort of like, uh, oh, maybe they deserve it, or we won't say anything about that. Peter, also, I just want to point out an article that came out today from the dissenter. Uh, the headline, the queer pastor says homophobic pastors must be held accountable for Club Q shooting. So again, this is the targeting, the criminalization of Christianity. And just quoting from the article today, a queer pastor named Mike Angel from the uh, Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion says it's time to hold anti-queer pastors accountable, saying, quote, the shooting at Club Q happened in my home state of Colorado. I'm angry and I'm tired. I've been seeing a lot of LGBTQ leaders uh, say to politicians who have used anti-queer rhetoric that they will be held accountable. As a queer pastor, as a gay priest, I feel like it is also time that those of us in the religious community start holding homophobic clergy accountable. If you are in a church where anti-trans or anti-gay or otherwise homophobic material starts coming out of the mouth of your pastor on a Sunday morning, I encourage you to stand up, walk out. If you're part of a denomination where you have colleagues who share anti-queer sentiment, especially if they do so from the pulpit, it's time to call them out. Peter. Well, again, we're seeing Isaiah 520, good is evil yes. and evil is good. Yes. This is a, the exact reversal. Uh, Christians don't hate sinners. We're all sinners ourselves. Uh, we just recognize that you cannot change the definition of sin. Uh, it's one thing sinning, and that's what, why we need Jesus, each one of us, because we're not good enough to earn our salvation. We fail. We need the free gift that is Jesus Christ, and, and the gift of Jesus Christ dying for our sins has led many people who once considered themselves gay or trans or bisexual, they've come out of those uh, sinful lifestyles and gone on to live lives honoring to God through the forgiveness of Christ and the power of Jesus. So it's not about hate, it's about love, but you cannot, we have no right to redefine God's truth, and that's what they're doing. They're flipping it. Instead of condemning sin, they're condemning opposition to sin, which every Christian should be opposed to sin. In fact, we're told to hate sin. Peter LaBarber's website, americansfortruth.org or .com, either or will get you there, americansfortruth.org. Peter, um, just a couple more stories here, and I would like to have some time on the phones as well, but this from Fox News. A Rhode Island elected official in a school district who was previously accused of pushing a a Marxist agenda said that the misgendering using the wrong pronouns 
was an act of violence and needs to be dealt with accordingly. Is that where we're heading, Peter? Oh, yeah, we're already there, Jim, because the left, and they've now they're doing it more than ever before, and they're using it against Elon Musk at Twitter. Um, they, they say that hate, so-called hate speech, of course, they're the ones defining hate, uh, and, and so we're supposed to let them define hate, which is ridiculous. Um, that speech causes violence. So, so what they're saying is we can't have free speech, even though our nation was founded upon First Amendment free speech. Um, we can't do that because that is because allowing hate speech leads to violence. Now, as I said before, Jim, when the hatred comes from the other side, they don't care. When when somebody is hateful enough to want to assassinate people at the Family Research Council, uh, led by Tony Perkins, um, then then they don't want to talk about it. But when it's when anything happens on another side, they immediately rush to blame Christians. And we cannot allow the the uh, redefinition of speech and this idea of hate speech uh, to take hold because it's it's anathema in a country that allows free speech. And ideally, um, good speech will crowd out bad speech. So there is there really is somebody who is just full of hatred, who wants to do harm to people physically. That is a different thing from, from somebody just agreeing with God about the sin of homosexuality. Peter, this past weekend, Peter, uh, we saw Disney launch their latest effort to uh, to acquiesce to, to the LGBT agenda. Their new movie, Strange World, uh, bombed at the box office, we understand could lose up to $100 million. I hope it loses as, as much as possible, Jim. It's just like that other movie, Bros. I think it's called Bros, about a homosexual relationship, a comedy. That also bombed. And so I think what we're seeing is people are tired of the over-the-top promotion in the media and Hollywood of homosexuality and pretending that it's somehow uh, you know, equal to normalcy uh, along the same lines. It is not. Um, it is uh, – this is uh, – this has um, really got gone so far now that, um, you know, Jim, you look at these movies, almost every movie now is promoting homosexuality. Yeah. It's just another, just another, you know, they have straight relationships. You have all different kinds of, of, of homosexual relationships. You have bisexual, you have transgender. This is a project of the left. The Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, GLAD, is a homosexual activist, transgender activist group. They have been promoting this in Hollywood for decades, and now they've, they, they are really, Hollywood is doing the bidding of homosexual and transgender activists. Let me hit a couple other issues, Peter. Uh, Daily Caller reporting luxury fashion brand, uh, this would be Balenciaga, uh, came under fire for a series of sele- uh, sexually suggestive ads featuring young child models, children who appear to be about five years old held teddy bears that were dressed in bondage outfits in a uh, 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 in a photo shoot, according to a screenshot shared by several prominent Twitter accounts, photographed also a purse on a desk with the decision about child porn featured com- uh, conspicuously in the background. But one child stood on a couch while holding a purple teddy bear dressed in a bondage outfit, including leather straps wrapped around its neck connected to ruffled thigh straps, according to online screenshots. I'm not going to go into further detail there, Peter, but uh, how troubling. Young children, about four or five years old, it looks like here, and uh, holding a, 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 a teddy bear in bondage. Yeah, and they got caught. The company got caught, and now they're trying to distance themselves from it and, and say it was sort of like they weren't responsible. But as as many people have pointed out, it, it takes a lot of people to pull off a photo shoot, and, and it's ridiculous to think that this is somehow an accident. And, Jim, um, this uh, sadomasochism, I know we can't talk about it much on the show, but this is the latest evil. This is one of the ultimate evils. Um, the Bible says they in, in Romans they invent ways of doing evil, and that's really what so-called sadism, masochism, and these awful behaviors, which again are are disproportionate in the LGBTQ world. In fact, I believe San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, actually honors uh, sadomasochism officially through the city. Um, and so, of course, that's going to be the next thing promoted, and then it's promoted to children. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. A couple more issues we will hit after the break. Stay with us back in a minute here on Crosstalk.
For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum recently on video was praising China and all their accomplishments and talked about China as a great model for the rest of the world. Really? Communist China? Well, should we really be shocked when we realize that Klaus Schwab admits on his own website, the World Economic Forum website, that he was mentored by Maurice Strong. Maurice Strong was the head of the Earth Summit in Rio in 1992 and gave us Agenda 21, now known as Agenda 2030. It was Maurice Strong who said, is it the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? Well, that's exactly what they're doing. And the World Economic Forum says by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. They openly brag about taking advantage of one crisis after another, but many of them are manipulated. Will they manipulate the railroad crisis and the strike potentially December 9th? The economic crisis, the border crisis, the drug crisis? You bet they will. Are you prepared? I'm Brandon House. Our guest today, Peter LaBarbera from AmericansForTruth.com, AmericansForTruth.org. You'll get through to, uh, at his website there. Uh, just before going to the phone lines, uh, Peter, a very disturbing story. I mean, I wonder how far are we going to go with all of this? So we talk about the mutilating surgeries that are going on, but now the Christian Post is reporting that there's a growing trend of a trend of trans patients that are seeking both male and female genitalia and having surgery so that there can be both present. Yeah, this is just so disgusting and evil, and I think Satan loves androgyny, um, and and I think this is a satanic agenda, and it's also very. This this is just I've seen this in monitoring these uh, issues over the years, and it's just pure evil. It's what we're seeing, especially when this when this is uh, when they're uh, um, inculcating children in the acceptance of these grotesque ideas. And uh, let me just share this, too, that just came out from the Federalist uh, yesterday, and it is Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Children's Hospital stacking its bench of chaplains with trans activists, reports the story. Children's Hospital now hiring trans activists as chaplains and spiritual care interns, they report. Children's staff members were first notified of such new hires when flyers were posted around the inpatient units uh, advertising, meet your new chaplain, mention her name, and uh, and uh, beliefs about uh, the sexes were prominently featured on the posters. A proclamation of pronouns was there, and her fiancé, a female who goes by they, he, uh, working in a pediatric hospital is a dream come true. Uh, as Quote is saying, I'm so excited to be working alongside everyone, pumped up about being a part of the team. Uh, the new chaplain is all in for transgender surgeries, abortion, rejection of religious teaching, and uh, love Jesus, be gay, get ordained. Uh, Peter, very uh, dreaming about a day, uh, posting on Twitter, dreaming about a day when God isn't referred to with male pronouns, uh, a, 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 a trans uh, well, a, a trans activist. Uh, I don't know what yeah. you'd say here. Yeah, um, it's just a it's just a mockery of Christianity, and it continues, and it seems to get worse and worse. And I think the most troubling thing is that these major hospitals all across the land have been uh, are being. Uh, it's a big money money issue for these. How much hundreds of millions of dollars is being spent to promote? Uh, these surgeries, uh, they, they, they want to do them. Uh, they, when they get caught, they get in trouble, but they, they, they're all across the country. There have been places where they, they're performing these awful, grotesque mutilations on children. You have the, a ridiculous situation in which the same child who can't, uh, I don't know what it is, Jim, they can't get aspirin at school without their parental permission, are, are, are getting these surgeries, you know, and, and, some, and then you have other situations in which the schools are hiding the new transgender yep. identification yep. of the student from the parents. They don't want the parents to know that the child is identifying as transgender. This is a huge problem that we must get a hold of. Bobby is calling from Owensburg, South Carolina. Bobby, you're on the air. Good afternoon, guys. And and this reminds me, the Respect for Marriage Act, it is nothing more than Congress passing a bill that would make humanism the, the state religion, which violates the First Amendment, by effectively saying that if you believe in the biblical worldview, you can be prosecuted. That technically violates the Constitution. And on the other hand, I don't even call them drag queens. I call them female impersonators. Let the drag queens be women who win NHRA events. 
Well, I know it's uh, uh, troubling to see the direction that we're going here, Bobby, and we are heading toward the criminalization of Christianity with uh, with the passage of such legislation. Thanks for the comments. Rich is calling from Burlington, Wisconsin. You're on the air. I just wanted to alert people if they were going to sit down and have a nice evening watching the light fight on television where all the houses are decorated for Christmas and the People are competing to win money for decorating for Christmas. Okay, right to the point. From 8 to 9 o'clock. Okay, I'm sorry. We're not going to take time for a promo here. Let's deal with our issue. Arlene in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Hi, this is the perfect time to quote the passage from the Bible about the millstone being tied around the neck of people that harm children. I do not know it off the top of my head. Would you please read it? Okay, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, if it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, that he were drowned in the depth of the, uh, depth of the sea, is what Scripture says. That's right, and I would like these people to know that they would not be safe, really, among a lot of people in the American public today, let alone jail, should they ever have the misfortune to get there. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your call. Stephen in Tennessee, you're on the air. Just what I ask this question, did I hear Schumer speak recently that his daughter and her wife are having a child? If so, I see why they're promoting the uh, Respect for Marriage Act. And then I'd like to mention also how that guitar, I believe I pronounced that correctly, has put us to shame by not even allowing the the ball players to wear the armband of the rainbow and they also wouldn't allow Budweiser to bring in their beer uh, I, I'm really proud of that country I'm, I'm about ready to move there but anyway I'd like to have your comments on those things well yeah well certainly uh, promoting the false god of Islam is not something that I would want to get behind uh, by any means uh, so there are problems there uh, uh, in in that regard worshiping a false god but, uh, yeah, it was Chuck Schumer. Uh, he's talked about uh, his daughter, Allison, and her wife. Uh, Peter, that's something that he has said before. Right. And, of course, it's not a real wife. Um, it's, a, it's, a fake, it's a fake marriage. And we see this all over. I mean, look, at, in my state of Ohio, Senator Portman flipped on homosexual so-called marriage because his son— uh, supposedly came out to him as homosexual. Of course, the word is gay that they use. Uh, But uh, Jesus said that you need to value him and his truth more than even family itself. And so we're seeing the brilliant, brilliantly evil gay tactic of coming out in order to influence people. This has been in play for now decades and decades. Harvey Milk the first politician to really push it, a homosexual politician in San Francisco, uh, coming out, and it influences people around you. And so it's, I call it Satan's evangelism plan, Jim, because uh, friendship evangelism, which I don't think is really the, the best way to go, but I mean, it's, you know, the idea of people are going to come to Christ if you talk to them as friends, get to know them and win them over to you as a friend, and then share the gospel with them. This is kind of the parallel only from the satanic side, which is um, they, they come out as homosexual, gay, lesbian, trans, and then they, and then they be, you know, talk, everybody they know, knowing that the average person will likely be less, uh, will be less likely to publicly oppose the lifestyle if they know somebody who's practicing it. Friends, I apologize. We've completely run out of time. Peter LaBarber with us here today, americansfortruth.com and uh, .org. Peter, thanks for being with us here. Thank you, Jim, and God bless. And friends, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. Uh, Let's continue to be praying for a nation in great need. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.